Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Today, I want to talk to you about a message and a topic. Man, I wish I would have heard this message when I was a teenager, when I was in my 20s, um, because it would have saved me from doing a whole lot of stupid stuff, right? Um, of living a whole lot, uh, a life with a lot less regrets. And if you are in your 30s or you are in your hundreds, it doesn't matter. We all need this message and we need to talk about this more in churches. I want to talk to you today about biblical and godly wisdom. That if we can learn to live life in a wiser way, we can learn to experience greater things in our life. And I want to talk to you today about turkey bowling and running with the blind. Turkey bowling and running with the blind. And our text today found in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, it says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. There's a way that seems right, right? There's a way that seems okay to live with. There's a way that seems innocent enough. There's a way that feels okay or looks okay, but just because it seems right doesn't mean that it is right, right? Let me, let me say that again because it's crucial we get this understanding. Just because it seems right doesn't mean that it is right. Just because it feels right doesn't mean that it is right. Right. To illustrate this a little bit better, back when I was a youth pastor, uh, we did different nights uh, with themes that we called cram nights. And we were in November, and during this time, I decided to do a turkey bowling night. And we decided to make lanes in our youth center, and our youth center was stained concrete, very much like the concrete we have here at the church. And I, I was like, how are we going to make these lanes? Because I want these turkeys to fly when kids are bowling them, right? And so I did what every wise mid-20-year-old youth pastor would do. I asked a bunch of teenagers for their ideas. And they were like, well, why don't we just put painter's tape? I'm like, painter's tape smart, right? Because paint won't come off on the floor. And so um, we put painter's tape down. And then we went to Sam's and we got globs and globs of Vaseline and put it directly on the stained concrete. We didn't put it on this, like our sponsors, my adult sponsors showed up and were like, oh my gosh, you put it directly on the concrete? Yeah, yeah what, what else would you do? Well, maybe like plastic, like Visqueen or something like that, and we could just take it up. I'm like, oh, this will work. This will work better, right? And I, I will say this much. When those kids threw those turkeys down, they went flying, man. I mean, you could hear them gobble. They were going all the way down, like, wow. Like it was making, like almost making holes in the walls, right? I mean, it was, I would kill Joey if he did that here at this church. I'd be like, Joey, what are you thinking, man, right? I would kill our youth pastor. And, and here's the problem. It was a, it seemed okay. It seemed right in the moment. It seemed, well, what's the worst that could happen? But then we had to clean it up. And we couldn't clean it up. And we did it in the basketball court area. <clears throat> And there was a janitor, God rest his soul, that had worked at the church that I was at for 15 years. And I just decided, hey, I'll leave this for the janitor. That's what they're here for. Um, and so he, he decided that was it. He quit. 
He resigned. I made a guy that had been there for 15 years quit and leave the church because of Vaseline on stained concrete. Maybe that should have been the title of the sermon, but Vaseline on stained concrete floors. And like we tried to clean it up as best we could, but kids were slipping and falling. And so it seemed right. It seemed okay. It seemed what's the worst that could happen. It seemed all right. Right. But, but, but you know, what ended up happening is an old man quit after working there for 15 years, kids were breaking their hips and it just didn't, it didn't work out well. It was a foolish thing to do. And can I tell you, this story illustrates what we do with our lives a lot. We ask people for advice we shouldn't ask advice from. We do things and we say, well, well, what's the worst that could happen? Better to ask for forgiveness than permission. That is a stupid way to live. It's fun to say, right? We, we joke about it. But if some of you, you actually live your life that way. And can I tell you, that is not going to lead you to experiencing greater things. That's going to lead you to experiencing a a regretful life. And if we're going to experience greater things in our life, there's got to be a tweak. There's got to be something we do. And here's what Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6 says. It says, trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. Don't go with your gut, right? Don't go with what just seems right but isn't right. In all your ways, acknowledge and, hold on, in all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him. Know his will, acknowledge his will, and recognize his will. Follow it, right? And he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. And if we're going to live our life out in a wiser way so that we experience greater things, this has got to become a daily part of our life, not an every once in a while part of our life. And and here's what I have found out about wisdom. If you wait to acquire wisdom when you need it, it's too late. If you wait to acquire a heart and a life of wisdom until you need it, it's, that's not a wise way to live your life. So I hope this message like sends some flares off in our life and we're like, whoa, I need, I need to really work on this. Because Proverbs chapter 4 talks about the benefit of wisdom. And it says this, do not turn your back on wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her, and she will honor you. You want to live an honorable life? Treasure wisdom. Value wisdom. Don't just be like, yeah, i got to get around to that, but make it a part of your life. My child, listen to me and do as I say, and you will have a long, good life. And isn't that the goal all of us have? Right? I know some people that have lived long lives, but they weren't good lives. That you, you and I here, all of us here, we want to experience, all of us watching online, want to experience a long and good life. I will teach you wisdom's way and lead you in straight paths. And when you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. Take hold of my instructions. Don't let them go. Guard them for they are the key to life. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. So so here's our first point today. If you're going to live a greater life, we have to live 
in a wiser way. If you're going to live a greater life, if you're going to experience greater things when it comes to your life, you can't live your life based on what seems okay. You can't live your life based on what seems innocent, what seems right. You've got to live your life. There's a wiser way for us to live than that. Not just going by our gut, not just going by our feelings, but to live life in a wiser way. Because here's what I know about you and me. All of us here, we want greater relationships. If you're married here, you want your marriage to be stronger and better. If you've got kids here, you want your relationship with your kids to be stronger and better. If you've got parents, you want a better relationship with your parents. You want better relationship with your friends. We all want to be healthier. We all want to be smarter and do better things when it comes to our finances. We all want to live a significant life, and we all want to leave a legacy behind us. And hear me, all of us think, well, if I can make more money, that's the key. No, 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 no. Money can help, but that's not the key to your life achieving those goals. Well, well, I just need to spend time doing certain things. True, but just because you spend time doing certain things doesn't ensure that you're going to experience greater things when it comes to your life. Well, Justin, but I have good intentions. Good intentions don't get you to your destination. Right, right. Well, Justin, I have New Year's resolutions. New Year's resolutions are great, but that doesn't ensure that you are going to experience greater things. What gets you to experience the greater relationships, the greater health, the greater finances, the greater dreams that you and I have? It's this. It's that you and I would live our life in a wiser way, in a way that he's actually instructed us to live it instead of what seems right and innocent. And lean into this. Lean into this. If you've been ignoring me, hear this. Being wise doesn't mean that you gain more knowledge. Right? Being wise doesn't mean that you have more knowledge or more information. If you have information without application, it just makes you and me an informed fool. If you have information without application, you're just an informed fool. And I say this all the time. Information plus application equals transformation. Right? It's when you apply the information that you have received from the Lord that equals the transformed life that leads you to greater things. Wisdom is knowledge and understanding in action. Wisdom is knowledge and understanding in action. I love what Charles Spurgeon said. He said, wisdom is the right use of knowledge. To know is not to be wise. Many men know a great deal and are all the greater fools for it. There is no fool so great as a knowing fool. Amen. But to know how to use knowledge is to have wisdom. So we understand we, we need wisdom, but how do you get wisdom? How, how, okay, Justin, I'm in. I'm in. Sell me on this thing. Like, how do I get it? James chapter 1, verse 5, it says this. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Today, all of us need to come to a place where we're asking God for wisdom on a daily basis. When people ask me a lot of times, how can I pray? Probably 75% of the time, I'm just like, man, I need wisdom. I just need wisdom. How do you get wisdom? You ask the Lord, and he's not going to get mad at you. He's not going to be like, well, you dummy, it's about time, right? He's not going to be like, how dare you ask me for wisdom? It says that he will give it to you, right? He's generous, and he wants to impart wisdom. So then how does God impart wisdom? How does he give wisdom 
to our life. I want to give you three ways, because Proverbs said, I will teach you wisdom's ways, right? I want to give you three ways of wisdom's ways that God imparts wisdom into our life. And the first one is this, read the Bible and apply the Bible. Read the Bible and apply the Bible. Last night, we went to Shawnee, Oklahoma. My youngest daughter was in a tournament there, basketball tournament, and I had never been to Shawnee I'm from Tulsa, and so I put my, put my Maps app, Waze is what I use. I use my Map app, and it, it took me, I, I exited Wellston, and then I went on these back roads, and I'm like, man, this, this, I am in the middle of nowhere. I mean, I, I've never been on this road. I've never been to this place. I was in the middle, of, and you know what I didn't do? I didn't argue with my phone. Like, when, when, that woman's, I, when that woman's voice was like, turn left, I wasn't like, dummy, I got to go right. I'd, why? Because I'd never been there. I didn't know which way to go. So I, all I needed to do was watch, listen, and apply what not my phone, what Waze was telling me to do so I could get to a place I had never been. And can I tell you, the Bible is your map app to your life. It is your guide in the direction for how you get from point A to point B. Some of you, you are in a phase and you are in a place you have never been in your life and you're just trying to do what seems right. There is a way better way for you to live and it's to get into his Word, right? His word will guide and direct you. Like it will navigate you. And some of us, we want to say, well, I just have never, God's gotten quiet and you haven't opened your book. Don't complain that God's quiet when you're not reading the word of God. The word of God is the number one way God wants to speak to you. That's it. And we would be fools not to be students of it. It would be foolish for us to say, okay, if this is the number one way God imparts wisdom, then why does it stay closed most of the days? 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 through 4 says this. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires. There's a a way that seems right to man, right? They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear They will reject the truth and chase after myths. And can I tell you, this is where we are as a culture. And it's not just a culture. This is where we are as the church in the United States. We are finding churches that will tell us what sounds good instead of what actually is good. What sounds right instead of what actually is right. And they just want to preach the easy parts of the Bible instead of the whole Bible that actually does good and not just sounds good, right? And hear me, today if this is your first time, you're coming to a church where we preach the whole Bible. We preach the hard parts and the good parts, right? We preach the parts that make you feel good, but also the parts that actually do good. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says, but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. Here it is. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. Everybody say true. And makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong. And teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. God uses this to correct us. That means this. This is going to offend you. 
if you're really reading it and you're really studying it, man, it's going to offend you. And you're going to want to go, well, I, don't, I don't like that part. I'm not, I'm not sure about that part, but all Scripture is inspired. And it corrects you and I. It's not a respecter of person. It corrects you and I when we are wrong. And, and here's what I will say. God never contradicts his word. Right? God never contradicts his word. I've heard people tell me all the time, well, I just feel like this is true for me. It doesn't matter what you feel. Your feelings have no regard to what is true. Right? Well, I just feel like this is right for me. Well, it doesn't matter what you feel. There's a way that seems right to man, but it ends in death. Right? It ends in regret. There's a greater, wiser way that will lead you to greater things if you will just read it and not just know it and not just read it but apply it. The second way of learning wisdom's way is this. Seek wise and biblical counsel and apply it. Seek wise and biblical counsel, and apply it. Proverbs 15, 12, I love these two verses, says this, mockers hate to be corrected, so they stay away from the wise. That is so good. I know a bunch of people like that. When you know you're wrong, you don't want to go around people that know you're wrong. Like, if I know I'm wrong, I don't go and talk to my wife for a while, because she knows it. And she didn't rub it in. She's not like, I told you. She's not, she's not that person. I'm just like, uh, I know, I know, I know. I'm stupid. I'm dumb. I blew it, right? And she's like, mm, I'm not saying you are, but I'm not saying you're not, right? She's, and, and here's what I found out. When we know we're living our life wrong, we don't want to go to those who will correct us and instruct us on what is right. Because we would rather stay ignorant, some of us, in our sin instead of being corrected in a better way to live. Man, and some of you, you've got people advising you, but they're not wise biblical counsel, right? It says this in Proverbs 12, 15, fools think their own way is right. There's a way that seems right. But the wise listen to others, right? Fool always thinks there's right. But the wise listens to others. Let me, let me say this. Just because you're old doesn't mean you need to stop listening, listening to wise biblical counsel. You may be 80 years old. You may be 90 years old. Can I tell you, you need to find some wise biblical counsel. And wisdom doesn't always come with age. Sometimes people miss it altogether. Right? Oh, they're an old person. They must be wise. Not necessarily. You need to get wise Biblical counsel pouring into you on a regular basis because who you listen to matters. Man, if you're married in this place, let me throw something out to you. If you're married, ladies, and you have all these single girlfriends, and they're all girls' night, yeah, you know, and I guess that's what they do at girls' night. I don't know. I've never been to one. Um, but it's what we do at guys' nights. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> But you go to girls' nights and like, and you start opening up about your marriage problems, and they start advice. They don't know what they're talking about. They've never been to that stage. They would be like me asking my teenage daughters for marriage advice. It's not that they're unwise or they're bad kids. They don't know because they haven't been there. You need to find somebody that's been there that hasn't been divorced five times. Well, here's what this person said. Stop that. I'm not listening. I'm not like stop it. And get you some wise biblical counsel that's going to pour into you 
and talk to you because, man, who you listen to, it matters. And we're all listening to someone. And so the question is, are you seeking people who will agree with you or instruct you? Are you seeking people who are just agreeing with your every move and every decision? Or are you seeking people who will instruct you on how to live? Proverbs 19.20 says this, get all the advice and instruction you can so that you will be wise the rest of your life. If you want to be wise the rest of your life, if you don't want to fumble the ball when you get older, this is the key. Get all the advice and instruction you can so that you will be wise the rest of life your life. So let me give you some advice on this. When you have found somebody that is wise and giving you biblical counseling, they're going to instruct you to do some things you don't like. They're going to push back on you. And when they do, and when you don't like what they say, shut up and listen and apply it. Right? Just shut up. I know that sounds harsh. I hope it does sound harsh. Because some of us, come on, boy, um, some of us, let that dog eat, right? Some of us, we're just talking, and we just, well, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree. Well, then why'd you even go? Because here's what happens. If you're not going to follow their advice, as soon, soon enough, they're going to stop giving it. If you're not going to follow the wise biblical, that it's, it's grounded in this, just because you, well, they don't really. And we want to start, we want to start dismissing what they really know and what they don't know. Because we don't like what they said. And if you are going to actually benefit from wise biblical counsel, stop talking, listen, meditate on it, and apply what they said. Because if you want to live life in a wiser way, that's what you got to do. And here's the result. If you don't, there's a warning. Proverbs 19, verse 27. If you stop listening to instruction, my child, you will turn your back on knowledge. You literally do this to knowledge. You're like, I, I, I don't like what you're saying. I don't like what's being presented. And you turn your back on a better way to live that leads you to greater things. The CEB, the Common English Version, said this. You will wander away from knowledge. Why? Because you stop listening to truth, discipline, correction, and instruction. And hear me. If you stop listening to one thing, chances are you're listening to another. And when I stop living my life based on God's word and biblical, godly wisdom, instruction, and counsel, I start living it based on something else, and that's a dangerous and costly place for you to live. And that's a dangerous and costly place for you to live. So who has your ears? What are you listening to? Because all of us are listening to someone and something. The third way of listening and learning wisdom's way is this. Listen to the Holy Spirit and apply it. Listen to the Holy Spirit and apply it. I'm going to need some some water for this point. Can we just, for a second, before we go any further, anytime we talk about the Holy Spirit, everybody's like, oh, it's getting ready to get weird. (laughs) I I went to that church. I went to that college. Listen to me. Let's reestablish this. The Holy Spirit's not weird. People are. Right? People are weird. The Holy Spirit's not strange. People are strange. And they do crazy things in the name of the Holy Spirit. That, that ain't it. Right? Some of you, you need to stop watching TBN and get in the Word a lot more. 
Um, you need to stop watching Netflix and get into the Word. You need to start listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit instead of what Netflix is saying and what this series is saying and what that TBM preacher is saying. And you need to say, what is the Lord saying to me? And what is the Holy Spirit saying to me? Because here's what I will tell you. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. He does. He wants to speak to you. And, and let's go back. Once again, the Holy Spirit is never going to contradict this. That's why you got to know it. Some of you may be able, but I don't know the word. Here, let me give you a, a real quick life hack. Google it. Google, what does the Bible say about forgiveness? Tons of things will pop up that are scriptures. What does the Bible say about loving others? Tons of things are going to pop up. What does the Bible say about giving? Tons of things are scriptures are going to pop up. Google it. I mean, use technology to your advantage. Make sure it's scripture and not, the, you know, the Branch Davidians all of a sudden, but make sure, you know, that you are listening. But can I tell you, on top of that, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to your life and impart wisdom to your life. It says this in John 14, verse 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. The Holy Spirit convicts you and me and gives us convictions to follow so you don't wander from the truth and how Jesus told us to live our lives. That is one of, he is a counselor. He counsels us in the way that we should go and how we should live. John 16, 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. He will speak on his, he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will guide you into all truth. He's not going to guide you into some weird way that's not biblical or wise. He's going to guide you in all truth. The best way for me to illustrate it, I've used this illustration once before, but it's just too good to not use, is about a man named David Brown and Jerome Avery. David Brown is a blind sprinter. He was diagnosed with Kawasaki disease when he was 15 months old, and Brown began losing his sight to glaucoma and was completely blind by age 13. But he had a dream to compete in the Olympics. He had a dream to be a world-class sprinter. How does somebody run that is blind? In steps Jerome Avery. Jerome Avery is his guide. And Paralympic blind sprinting looks almost like a three-legged race. The runner and the guide hit the ground with their outside foot at the same time and the inside foot, and so on. Their pair, their, the pair's arms and legs must move together perfectly in sync in order to shave off precious tenths of a second. There are two people, man, this is so good, but the goal is to only see one. And, and how do they stay together? You can see this. They're, they're holding something. They use a tether to stay attached, and this tether keeps Brown from drifting from his guide, Avery. And when the race starts... When the race starts, the crowd gets quiet so the runners can hear the gun, but also must remain quiet so the blind runner can hear the guide's voice. The guide tells the runner how fast to go, depending on the vent, if there's turns coming up ahead that he needs to adjust to, right? He tells them to pick up their pace if it's getting close, and it's crucial for the runner to be tethered to the guide and for the runner to hear the guide's voice. With Avery by his side in 2014, Brown became the first athlete who is totally blind to run the 100 meters in under 11 seconds, and they won gold in the 2016 Paralympics in Rio, right? They train... So good. They train every day, 
twice a day. And I love what Jerome Avery, the guide, said. He said, not only am I watching to make sure he doesn't go outside the line, Avery said, but I also have to figure out how to calm him down. You can see they're holding a tether. That tether keeps Brown from drifting from his guide, Avery. And can I tell you, this is a picture of what the Holy Spirit wants to be in your life. It's not about you running. No, the Holy Spirit, if you, you're tethered to something today. Some of us were tethered by our emotions. We're tethered to our past. We're tethered to other people's expectations of us. But can I tell you, that's no way to live. There's a better way to, for you to live. And it's to tether. It's to bind yourself to the Holy Spirit and to get really quiet so that you can hear his voice. So that he can guide you. So that when there's changes coming up and there's places you have never been, you're not arguing. You're not saying, no, it's this way. No, no, no. What are you, what's your word speaking in my heart right now? Because you know the way that I should. I've never been at this phase. So some of you, you're going to have to quiet all the noise down. And you're going to have to get quiet and listen to the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. Because his job is to keep you from drifting his job is to keep you in the line so that you can not live a life that's full of regret, not live a life that's full of pain and sorrow, and I wish I would have known, and if only, and I hope that this sermon gets that phrase out of your life, if only would just become a phrase that other people use instead of you because you have stilled your mind and all the noise and you have tethered yourself to the Holy Spirit who knows how to lead you best. Because his job is to keep you between the lines. When you get worked up and where fear interrupts your life, and hear me, it's going to interrupt your life. Just a matter of time. When fear comes in, when anxiety comes in, the Holy Spirit knows how to settle you down. He knows how to calm you down, and that's a better way to live. So I'm going to leave you with this, Proverbs chapter 2. The promise of wisdom says this. This is my prayer. This is my prayer for us as a church. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the path of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. And here's the benefit. Then you will understand what is right. Not what seems right, but what is actually right, just and fair. And you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. And wise choices will watch over you. And understanding will keep you safe. And that's a greater way for you to live your life that will lead you to greater things. Let's pray today. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. And God, I pray today that we would not just be hearers of your word, but doers today. Man, let us apply your word. Every point today wasn't just about getting in the word, but applying the word. Not just getting biblical and wise counsel, but applying it. Lord, not just listening to the Holy Spirit, but applying what the Holy Spirit is telling us. And Lord, many of us, it's not that we need more information. We need more application. What we already know. And so, God, I pray today that no matter what stage we're in, no matter what age, that we would get really proactive when it comes to this part of our life. That we'd be really purposeful this year. 
when it comes to this part of our life, because this, this doesn't just seem right, this is right. This is the way that you would lead us, that removes the obstacles, that removes the things from us living the life you've called us to live. And so, Lord, I pray today that we wouldn't lean in on our own understanding or on our own emotions or our gut. But God, we'd follow your word and your truth that come with a promise that if we do this your way, we'll experience this. So, God, I pray, help us, help us to live a wiser life so we can experience greater things. It's in Jesus' name. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.